Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you oh so much for the many things you've blessed us with this day. Now the awesome opportunity once again to get back into your word. Help us now as we continue our studies as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Continuing our Bible study from A to Z in the word healing, we'll turn to Acts in chapter 9. We see here some healings by Peter in chapter 9, picking it up in verse 32. And it came to pass, as Peter passed throughout all quarters, he came down also to the saints which dwelt at Lydia. And there he found a certain man named Aeneas, which had kept his bed eight years and was sick of the palsy. And Peter said unto him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ maketh thee whole. Arise, make thy bed. And he arose immediately. And all that dwelt at Lydia and Saran saw him and turned to the Lord. It's amazing how these miracles were being done by the apostles and how much influence they had on folks. As it continues, Now there was at Joppa a certain disciple named Tabitha, which by interpretation is called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and alms deeds, which she did. And it came to pass in those days that she was sick and died, whom when they had washed, they laid her in an upper chamber. And for as much as Lydia was nigh to Joppa, and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent unto him two men, desiring him that he would not delay to come to them. Then Peter arose and went with them. When he was come, they brought him into the upper chamber, and all the widows stood by him weeping and showing the coats and the garments which Dorcas made while she was with them. But Peter put them all forth and kneeled down and prayed, and turning him to the body, said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and lifted her up, and when he had called the saints and widows, presented her alive. And it was known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. And it came to pass that he tarried many days in Joppa with one Simon, a tanner. And once again we see that Peter and the other apostles did not try to take credit for these as being of their power. These healings were by the power of the Lord and gave him all the credit, and that resulted in these folks believing in the Lord. Not believing in Peter, but in the Lord. Even though by the hand of Peter, through the power of God, these miracles were being performed. It would have been easy for him to try to take credit for it and to bring honor to himself. But he did it right and gave all the honor to the Lord. All right, now we see over in Acts chapter 14... Paul doing some work for the Lord and healing some folks in Acts chapter 14 in verse 8. And there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who never had walked. The same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him, and perceiving that he had 
faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, Stand upright on thy feet. And he leaped and walked. And when the people saw that what Paul had done, they lifted up their voices, saying in the speech of Lyconia, The gods are come down to us in the likeness of men. See, they misunderstood what they were seeing. They were pagans. They were thinking that this was a fulfillment of Greek mythology. As it continues, you see, reads, And they called Barnabas Jupiter and Paul Mercurius, because he was the chief speaker. Then the priest of Jupiter, which was before their city, brought oxen and garlands unto the gates, and would have done sacrifice with the people. See, they were ready to do sacrifices to these who they supposed were their Greek gods who have taken on human form. Verse 14, Which when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of it, they rent their clothes and ran in among the people, crying out and saying, Sirs, why do ye these things? We also are men of like passions with you, and preach unto you that ye should turn from these vanities unto the living God, which made heaven and earth and the sea and all things that are therein, who in times past suffered all nations to walk in their own way. Nevertheless, he left not himself without witness, and that he did good, and gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. And with these sayings scarce restrained they the people that they had not done sacrifice unto them. Trying to appeal to them, saying, Get rid of your old religion, dump all that paganism, and believe in the true and living God. But they did not want to hear that. Reason there came thither certain Jews from Antioch and Iconium, who persuaded the people, and having stoned Paul, they drew him out of the city, supposing he had been dead. So see, the Jews took this opportunity to use it against Paul and Barnabas. And... They had Paul stoned. As how be it, as the disciples stood round about him, he rose up and came into the city, and the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derby. Couldn't keep him down, because the Lord was there. The Lord was doing that work. Not Paul, not Barnabas, not Peter. And reaching out to those folks, seeing that man healed, and should have been listening up, but yet they were trying to hold on to the pagan ways. And when that wasn't working out for them, which threatened the positions of those higher-ups in that religion, were the priests of Jupiter, as they mentioned in verse 13. And then the Jews, which were threatened by Christianity as well, teamed up with them, and they turned against Paul and Barnabas. Clearly of Satan. They were not of the Lord. They were of Satan. Those anti-Christ bunch, those contrary ones that were going up against the apostles, going up against the clear work of the Lord. As it continues over in chapter 16, verses 16 through 18 here, we see an interesting 
occurrence of a damsel being possessed by a demon which gave her certain abilities. In Acts chapter 16, picking up verse 16. And it came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. This was an awesome thing for this young lady to say. It was true and accurate, because the evil spirits knew Jesus Christ, as he displayed when he was casting them out, they would cry out to him, identifying him, and he was saying, keep that to yourself, wasn't time to reveal that yet. So with this young lady, knowing that the gospel was now being preached, she was actually proclaiming. As we read again in verse 17, The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days. But Paul being grieved. Well, why would Paul have been grieved that this lady was proclaiming that these folks were teaching and preaching the right thing. Because he knew that she had that understanding given to her by an evil spirit and had pity on her and was grieved for her. Not against her, but for her. We did again in verse 18. And this did she many days, but Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. So came on out of her. Had some mercy on her. And went ahead and prayed, and that evil spirit came out, releasing her from that horrible affliction of being indwelt by that. Of course, that upset the folks that were making money off of her, and and they wound up getting Paul and the others thrown into prison and so forth. So a lot going on there you might want to go ahead and read about, which is very interesting. But let's get back into Acts chapter 19. We see some more of the healing subject. In Acts chapter 19, we see Paul in Ephesus in Acts 19, picking up in verse 8. Reads, And he went into the synagogue and spake boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. But when divers were hardened and believed not, but spake evil of that way before the multitude, he departed from them and separated disciples, disputing daily in the school of one Tyrannius. These divers are many different. There's a lot of those that were contrary, that did not want to hear the Word of God, that were willfully ignorant, that were, as the Lord said, keeping their eyes closed and plugging their ears. They didn't want to hear it. They didn't want to see it. They denied it and turned against the Lord instead of to the Lord. Verse 10. 
And this continued by the space of two years, so that all they which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul, so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. So they would take something, give it to Paul, these handkerchiefs or aprons, he would pray over it, give it back to them. They would take that to the sick or to those that were in, dwelt with evil spirits, and then the miracles would occur. And it's a shame that modern-day charlatans have tried to take advantage of the records that we see here of the miracles that Paul was able to perform in this manner and have gotten on TV and try to sell folks these pieces of cloth, a handkerchief or a napkin of some sort that they have prayed over and saying, here, take this and it'll happen like what happened with Paul. Lifting themselves up to be something as special as the apostles were but here we see this is clearly a work of the Lord. So be very careful when you see charlatans trying to mimic what the apostles were able to do. The power of the Lord is consistent. It is continuous. It is still around today. Yes, no doubt. But be very careful when people try to mimic what the apostles were able to do. There was a special time and a special purpose to these miracles that were being performed back then that you don't see widely illustrated today. Yes, there are still miracles going on, no doubt. But be very careful that it's not just a show, but a true miracle. As it continues in verse 13, Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preacheth. See, here's an example of the charlatans that come in and try to get some credit for something occurring that aren't really a part of the work of the Lord. Try to attach themselves to the Lord or even to the Apostle Paul here and say, By their name we are doing this. As he continues, And there were seven sons of one Siva, a Jew, and chief of the priest, which did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are ye? And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, and overcame them, and prevailed against them, so that they fled out of that house Naked and wounded. That's awesome there. Did you see that happen? Because this man that was possessed by this evil spirit took on seven other people and basically gave them an attitude adjustment and kicked them right on out. Naked and wounded. Verse 17. And this was known to all the Jews and Greeks also dwelling at Ephesus, and fear fell on them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. The name of the Lord was magnified. You've got to always put it in the right direction. Name of the Lord, name of the Lord. And many that believed came and confessed and 
showed their deeds. Many of them also, which used curious arts, brought their books together and burned them before all men. And they counted the price of them and found it fifty thousand pieces of silver. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Which was an awesome testimony on their part that they were willing to give up those implements of Satan that were actually expensive and show that they were turning against that. They didn't go out and sell them to others so they could continue to be used. They destroyed them, which is exactly what should be done to all those things that are of Satan. Just go ahead and destroy them. All right, now let's turn on over to Acts chapter 20, and we see an interesting event unfolding here where a young man falls asleep here in the preaching and falls out a window. In Acts chapter 20, picking it up in verse 7. And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. And there were many lights in the upper chamber where they were gathered together. And there sat in a window a certain young man named Eutychus, being fallen into a deep sleep, and as Paul was long preaching, he sunk down with sleep and fell down from the loft, third loft and was taken up dead. And Paul went down and fell on him and embracing him said, Trouble not yourselves, for his life is in him. When he therefore was come up again and had broken bread and eaten and talked a long while, even till break of day, so he departed. And they brought the young man alive and were not little comforted. Not a little comforted. They were rejoicing and glad that this young man had not died. He was there to listen to the preaching, but he fell asleep and right out the window. So all of us preachers, when we're in the middle of a long sermon and we look out into the congregation and we see some of those droopy eyes and some of them heads starting to sloop down, we don't have to be too upset because it even happened when Paul was preaching. All right, now turn over to chapter 28. Now, by this time, Paul has already been arrested, if you know the history, had already been arrested and was taking his journey to Rome to be tried under the court of Caesar. And there was a shipwreck. And then here in Acts chapter 28... And this is right after they've come out of that ship. They've broken up parts of it. They came into the shore and so forth on this island. And we see this unfolding in Acts chapter 28. And when they were escaped, then they knew that the island was called Melita. And the barbarous people showed us no little kindness. For they kindled a fire and received us every one, because of the present rain and because of the cold. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. A venomous snake latched on to him, biting him. 
And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom, though he hath escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. And he shook off the beast into the fire, and felt no harm. The snake didn't have any effect on Paul, just shook it right on off. Howbeit they looked when he had he should have swollen or fallen down dead suddenly, but after they had looked a great while and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a god. In the same quarters were possessions of the chief man of the island, whose name was Publius, who received us and lodged us three days courteously. And it came to pass that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and of a bloody flux, to whom Paul entered in and prayed and laid hands on him and healed him. So this healing to this barbarous or barbarian, kind of a primitive fellow, you might say. And... And Paul laid hands on him, and he was healed. As it continues, verse 9. And when this was done, others also which had diseases in the island came and were healed, who also honored us with many honors. And when we departed, they laded us with such things as were necessary. These miracles being spread even to this barbarous people, as it says, showing that the miracles and the grace of the Lord available to all people. Everyone has the opportunity to receive the many, many blessings of the Lord. We just need to believe and trust in the Lord, and it will come to you. In 1 Corinthians, we see the continuance of spiritual gifts and healings being a part of that. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Ye know that ye were Gentiles, carried away unto these dumb idols, even as ye were led. Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus the cursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But a manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Very important verse there. The manifestation of the Spirit means the revelation, the gifts, all the gifts, all the the fruits of the Spirit, all the blessings are given to benefit all, not just the one individual. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, which is an interesting there. A gift from the Lord, a spiritual gift from the Lord is faith in the Lord. We merely need to have, as the Lord told us, faith as a mustard seed, just a tiny little bit to start with. And we apply that properly. And the Lord nurtures that. And then it grows and grows. Reads to another faith. That's that spiritual gift. The increase of our faith is a gift from God. 
If you lack any faith, ask for it. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. Clearly, that is a gift from the Lord. To be able to reach out and touch somebody, pray for them, and they be healed. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh at one and the selfsame Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. Note, as he will. And he divides these out. Individual don't receive all of them, but he might receive different ones at different times. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. Talking about the unity that should be in the body of Christ. The believers, the church, should come together in unity and work together as an efficient body. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, Because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, Because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members. Notice, God has established it. God has given these members their purpose. But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body, as it hath pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet but one body. Because he wants us to work together in unity. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable upon these, we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacketh that there should be no schism in the body, no schism, no division, no disturbance, but that the members should have the same care one for another. See, the body of Christ, that's the people, the believers, the members, they need to come together. Reason whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it, or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. And God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, 
After that, miracles. Then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? Have all the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way, coming together in unity, working together to accomplish the will of the Lord. That's what it's all about. Strive to be given more and more, yes, but know that you are of honor when you come together and work together for the will of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you oh so much for allowing us to be a part of the body and be able to work together. Give us that understanding, knowledge, and that peace and that wisdom that it takes to do that. We thank you oh so much for all the many, many things of grace you pour upon us as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Thank you all.